Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on August 16th, 2019. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a really beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The Chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host. Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. That's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the CEO and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman, and of course with us because of our great partnership with SouthBayByJackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you today? It's the weekend. <laughs> Hello and happy Friday. Happy, happy Friday. Friday, Kel. Happy Friday. You know, <laughs> I just wanted to mention the you know, the weekend officially started last night. Um, mm-hmm. I attended the final uh, El Segundo Art Walk was last mm-hmm. night, uh, obviously in El Segundo. Um, glad I got to it because for the first time I missed the other two. I've been to every one mm. except this. I was so busy. I couldn't make it to the other two. And yesterday I just said, you know, I got to get to this. I can't miss every one of them this summer. So I went and I'm glad I did. Mm. You are one popular lady. Always, Jackie. Everybody always wants Jackie. <laughs> Oh, no. It had nothing to do with me. I just really, you know, I appreciate what talent there is in the South Bay. These artists, you know, are just, Mm. there's just so much talent out there. And I appreciate it. And I wish I had a lot more money than I do because I would have bought up a whole bunch of stuff last (laughs) night. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Don't we all? Don't we all? Um, last night was the Sunset Beach Party um, in yes. the AVP Sky Deck because guess what's in Manhattan Beach this week? The AVP, the AVP Gold okay. Series. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. huge. Right. And that's and huge. that's a great party. That is a great party. I went to that last year, or maybe what was it? Two years? One or two years, Kelly? This is our third year doing it. So, Third year, yeah, uh, yeah. I went the first year. It's a fantastic event. Love it, love it, love it. Tell us all about it. Give us the scoop. Well, you know, you know what's fun is um, 
okay, the AVP, you know, moves into town. They build this massive structure on the beach, and it's, you know, it's, it's in our DNA. Volleyball, obviously, beach volleyball is a part of a lot of people's lives in the South Bay and in Manhattan Beach. And when AVP comes to town, when they come to Hermosa, and then when they come to Manhattan, it's very exciting, and it attracts people from all over. But what's nice is uh, Manhattan Beach, um, theirs is called the Manhattan Beach Open, and they, between the Downtown Business Association and the Manhattan Beach Parks and Rec Department with the city. Um, they do a lot of other activations um, that can suit other, you know, people in the community. So if you're not a huge volleyball fan or you don't want those huge crowds, um, some people came last night, you know, 300 people come down to the Sunset Beach Party, which is food and wine pairings, but you're in that sky deck, you're perched way up above, you know, the sand and the pier, and it's like you're a bird up there. It's a beautiful uh-huh. view. Um, the, the food is fantastic. There's always live music, and it's just really relaxing and, a, and a kind of a lovely way to kind of start heading towards the end of summer. It's just, it's very peaceful, kind of. It's, it's, it's lovely. So that was fun. And then early this morning, they had um, the sunrise yoga in the ABP sky deck. So what I love about Manhattan Beach is they're taking that space, that, you know, that big behemoth event that comes, but we're reactivating it for little things. So this morning was sunrise yoga with a couple hundred people doing yoga at sunrise, with, you know, with a guided instruction. Um, and then tonight is the movie. Uh, they do the movie in the ABP stadium, so you can come in, sit down in the sand, the kids can run around, uh, have fun, you know, you can bring some food, or there's food all around, and they're playing The Incredibles tonight, so um, mm. yeah, that's free, mm. those are free, the, the Sunrise Yoga was free, the movie tonight is free, those are all community events that we want people to come out and enjoy, and then, of course, yesterday was the qualifiers for ADP, today starts the serious play, and, you know, goes through the weekend, and the men's and women's finals are on Sunday, and um, it's really fun. You can, you know, general admission is free. Um, if, uh, VIP sky deck uh, for volleyball, it, it might be sold out. It usually sold, sells out in advance. I'm not really sure, but um, you can come down and watch. You can come down and just sit in the stands for free, or you can, or you can stand on the pier and watch. And um, you're seeing world-class volleyball. These are Olympians. These are people who have been on the tour for years. They're Olympians. Um, you know, we have our hometown girl, Alex Kleinman, who grew up um, in the, on the walk streets in Manhattan Beach and went to Costa, then went to Stanford. She and her partner, April Ross, won the Manhattan Beach Open last year, and they've returned, and I think they're, they're hoping to win it again. And uh, mm-hmm. that's fun because mm-hmm. it's you know, we have all these other people who are, you know, a lot of us know, but when you have a hometown person uh, who won last year and, you know, probably is a, is a strong contender um, for this year, too, that makes it even more interesting. I mean, she can literally walk down to the ABP Stadium from her the home that she grew up in. So, kind of Ugh. cool. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. We like that type of stuff. So, Hey, mm-hmm. and that Bite at the Beach last weekend. Did, uh, oh, my gosh, yeah. Bite at the Beach. So much fun. Um, okay. And I have to – there was a couple, there, there's a couple standouts. It, overall, it was a fantastic event. People have been sending me very nice compliments and just saying, hey, wow, fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Um, but the, the, there's two standouts that literally everybody is talking about. And one, uh, the, the major standout that stole the show was we had three restaurants there from what will be occupying 
space in the Manhattan Village Mall when it's you know remodeled as it, as it goes through its transition. Uh, we had Boa Steakhouse, Mercado, and Urban Place. Um, Mercado, holy shnikes! Really, okay, Jackie, Jackie, you oh oh my gosh, the food, mm. unbelievable! Everybody is talking about it, and it's funny they did these little kind of street taco size. Uh, pulled pork, you know, carnitas type of tacos. Um, but generous portion. Um, the, it, it was so funny because one person would say, oh, my gosh, the, the, you know, the carnitas were insane. And then the other person was like, oh, no, it was the sauce. And then pretty much everybody was like, but that tortilla. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was so funny because everybody – I can't even you – you had to try them. They were – they just kind of dissolved in your mouth. The flavor was insane. Um, I, I, they had a flock of people around them the entire event. Um, so super excited to see them open uh, soon. Uh, I think in the next month or two. I haven't given oh. an mm-hmm. exact date yet. But the food is it's, you know, it's very nice upscale, let's just say Mexican kind of, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. super exciting. I, I mean, yum, 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 yum. And then the other one yum, yum, was yum. a beer because the event is we pair the food with the beer, so there's complimentary kind of tasting. And and a lot of these breweries and the restaurants talk and meet beforehand and go, okay, what are you serving? Okay, we're going to create a beer that complements that. So they really take it seriously, and they really try to provide you know a pairing with the food and the beer that complements each other. Well, um, the new uh, tasting room, that will be going into downtown Manhattan Beach called Culture Brewing Company. They're out of Solano Beach. It, uh, they're not actually going to be brewing the beer there, uh, but they're going into the old Bob Roy Salon space in right on the main drag in downtown. And uh, they're going to have a tasting room to host a lot of events. They do a lot of art uh, walk type of things, Jackie and other events where you can go in. Um, they, they took it, they're newcomers, they took it very seriously. They brought three beers, but one of the beers, and they were all delicious, but one of them was a strawberry rhubarb beer. Like they, they, and I, like, I go up there kind of, you know, towards the, the middle of the event. I'm hot. I've been running around since 8 a.m., you know, and they're like, hell, you got to try this. So I'm like, okay, they, and the strawberry rhubarb. And I love strawberry rhubarb pie or strawberry rhubarb jam. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Um, a beer, and I like flavored beers, you know. So they pour it, and it's like this beautiful kind of blush-colored beer, not ex- you know. And then they're like, "Just try it," I, and I sip it, and I'm like, "Holy moly!" It was so delicious, so fresh, not too sweet or anything, and just beautiful. So um, everybody, and they're lovely people. They're a lot of fun, and they, you know, they really uh, took the event seriously, and um, people got to know them. So. Everything was delicious. The music with box DJs, Rob Christie came. He just rocked it. He had people dancing to ACDC, Queen, everything. It was just a lot of fun. So um, we're having what a lot was, of fun what was over the, here. What was, the, what was the name of that brewery? Cultured? Culture Brewing Company. Culture. Cult, culture no Brewing. Company. And do you, do you know when they're going to open? You know, um, you know, as of all kind of change of use and build outs, it takes a while. I, I know they were hoping for September, but I have not heard an update. And when I've kind of peeked in there, it looks like it's a little ways away. Um, but sometimes things come together at the last minute too. So this fall would be the answer. Um, I will right. certainly keep you, you know, updated on that. But um, oh, a lot please of time, do because so. yeah, if you you probably saw my weekend guide. 
yesterday that we have a new another brewery opening up in Lomita, uh, Project Barley, associated with the band Barley. Um, mm-hmm. And and I, I I have a complete comprehensive list of every brewery, brew pub, and tasting room in the South Bay. We're now at 26. So Culture Brewing will make 27. Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. They uh, and yeah. again, they're not going to be brewing on site. It is. Um, It'll a be a tasting, tasting room. room. So, yeah. 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 Oh because no, everybody's all about like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have a brewery in downtown Manhattan Beach. But no, <laughs> it's a tasting room. You know. So um, all good. But um, super fun. Uh, and now we're back, we're we're you know forget about all that stuff. Now we're on to planning uh, the best of Manhattan awards. Uh, they're coming back bigger mm-hmm. and better than ever. Um, mark your calendar. October seventeenth will be the best of Manhattan awards in Manhattan Beach. So more on that later. Best. But um, no rest for the weary. We just pick up and move on. <laughs> oh wow! Right. <laughs> summer um, summer oh. is always nutty, isn't summer? It's always nutty in the South Bay. There's so much to do. So much. I think September is the only month that's kind of quiet, but it's like, but it's like the rev up cool. the hometown fair and all that stuff and right. you know, heading into right. that. So um, we're never at a loss for things at the chamber. We're so busy, but um, and school, um, Manhattan Beach School District goes back in next Wednesday. Summer's over mm-hmm. for those kiddos. The moms are going, yay! Yay! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny how September, uh, right after uh, Labor Day, uh, things slow down for a little bit, a couple of weeks, and then it just revs right back mm-hmm. up, you know. Yeah, so. I know. Well, lots we have, of, you know, lots. Yeah, and all of our all of our South Bay cities have, you know, obviously tons of families and. Uh, when the schools get out and then when they start going back in, it's, you know, it's a significant, um, honestly, economic impact, you know, on everybody. It, does, it definitely, um, I follow the school calendar still uh, for when I'm planning events and stuff. I'm like, oh, nope, can't have it that week. It's ski week, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, right, um, right. Yeah, the schools and the youth and the families in this community are a huge, huge part of it. So there you go. That's your update from Manhattan Beach Chamber. Mm-hmm. You know, Excellent. you know something I learned. You know something I learned the hard way, Kelly. About you know that's something I should actually you know keep in mind is the school calendar. Don't ever have a garage sale during spring break. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I made a mistake one year and had like two people show up. Oh my goodness! Anyway, yeah. people are gone. All right, I know. so Shall are we, we ready get to get into our show yes, and talk about some very important issues? Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Jackie, who are our guests today? Okay, our guests this morning are Linda Reeves and Cindy Byrne from the P-Flag Manhattan Beach chapter. Now, Linda Reeves is a licensed marriage and family therapist in private practice in Manhattan Beach, where she specializes in working with the LGBTQ individuals, couples, and families. Linda is also the proud mother of a gay son who has been the inspiration for her work. In response to the bullying he experienced in school, she co-founded the PRISM Institute, which provides LGBTQ plus cultural diversity training to medical and mental health providers, schools, and other academic entities, local governments, and law enforcement agencies. She is also one of the founders and a board member of the local PFLAG chapter, 
which provides support to family, uh, parents and families of LGBTQ plus individuals. Now, Cindy Byrne is a former lawyer and mom to two teenage boys. When her oldest son came out as transgen- transgender, Cindy found very few resources for education and support in the South Bay. Luckily, she did find connection with other local moms lovingly navigating the steep learning curve and emotional terrain of their kids' gender identity, gender expression, and sexual orientation, all while struggling with typical teenage angst. These mama bears learn this is a journey best shared with the community, and Cindy and fellow mamas Linda Reeves and Tina Sarafa founded the local chapter of the national organization PFLAG. PFLAG Manhattan Beach South Bay provides support, education, and advocacy on behalf of LGBTQ plus individuals and families within our community. Cindy serves as the president of the chapter's board of directors and is proud to say the chapter will be celebrating its one-year anniversary on October 1st, 2019. Now, this morning, we're going to learn what PFLAG is and what it offers and the local uh, office, the community, and the local LGBTQ community. And for additional information, you can visit their website at pflagmanhattanbeach.org. Linda, Cindy, welcome to the program. We are so glad you could join us this morning. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Hi, how are you? So let's start with you, Linda. We'll, we'll, we'll bounce back and forth, but I want to start with – your initial entry into the LGBTQ community, which I assume came because of your son. What were you thinking about doing this before you discovered or you knew that your son was gay or was it something that was something that triggered a triggering event? Tell us about that. You know, that's a very interesting question um, because I would never in my life expect to be where I am today um, had it not been for my son's coming out. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess he's 26. He came out in seventh grade, so it's been about 13 years uh, since Mm -hmm. I was maybe first introduced in in a big way. I mean, of course, I had some Mm -hmm. LGBT friends growing up, but... Um, when a child comes out to you as gay, in my case, um, your perspective on that whole um, arena of, you know, lived experience kind of changes because you're thrust into a situation where you maybe aren't as familiar with the terrain. So there's fears, you know, for his safety, for his health, um, Mm. for the... There's also, you know, a, a recognition that the world isn't, you know, equal um, mm-hmm. in in the way that they that, that the culture and institutions uh, treat LGBT people. So this is where you kind of become this this mama bear, right? You you realize that you have a special job to protect and and care for and and guide your child. Um, so through that experience, um, I, I guess that was my beginning. Uh, of my transition, my own personal transition. Um, But it wasn't until I went back to school and did my master's program and became a therapist that I started to study. I did a program that had a curriculum focused on LGBT affirmative psychotherapy that I started to Mm -hmm. understand more about the psychological experience of growing up LGBT and the learnings of the heteronormativity and the cisgenderism and these are these are big words but they're 
<clears throat> they're they're powerful um, forces that shape a child's you know sense of self and their self esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And this is what you know. This is part of why I, you know the passion that I have for the work now is to help people understand that it, that that there are disparities and there are um, oppressions that affect people's. Um, you know, experience of self and and their opportunities in life. So, anyway, I when I got this information, I went to Dr. Mike Matthews at uh, the superintendent of Manhattan Beach Schools, and I I said to him, you know, we've got a job to do here in the school districts, not just to help with um, graduation rates and scores and you know entrances to fantastic colleges, but we've got to start thinking about the emotional and mental health of the LGBT students on campus and mm-hmm. you know what are we doing to make it safe for these kids because my son was a victim of harassment and bullying so mm-hmm. he called me a couple weeks later and asked me to come do a training of the counselors so I founded the Prism Institute at that time and got very involved in reaching out to school districts and businesses and clinicians to train um, on LGBT affirmative environments and that just led to one thing after another, and mm-hmm. um, I, I'm now a person who waves a rainbow flag in front of my house and <laughs> supports. <laughs> you know, this, these are things like I said I would never have imagined I would be doing. And the, the very, very fortunate meeting of of Cindy and Tina, and and I'll let her carry on with the story of how we founded the, the chapter. But um, it was just all of this backstory that led to this magical right. relationship right. that happened when I met Cindy. Right. Well, uh, let, let me start with Cindy. And Cindy, the reason for this, the reason that I want to reach back to your, your first interaction with the LGBTQ community is because for our listeners, for those people that are in the community, they had a first uh, experience, a first impression, a first encounter and it usually has shaped their interaction and their 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 struggles potentially uh for for the rest of their lives so that's why i want to ask that of that same question of you cindy you have two boys i have three children two girls and a boy and they grew up in the same house my wife and i are the same people uh, generally speaking, we treat our children more or less the same way, kind of, but they turn out radically different. Tell us about that. Uh, well, yes, <laughs> absolutely true. Um, you know, I've got two kids, and um, same thing. They've been raised in exactly the same way, but you know, they are their own people. And um, that's, you know, something every teenager has to uh, figure out for themselves and come to terms with. And, um, you know, in our case, one of our two children was and is transgender. So um, that's just, who he is and it's who he's always been. And um, luckily for him, he was able to identify that at an early enough age that um, 
you know, he was, um, had the support of our family and our community and friends. And mm-hmm. um, that's not always the case for everyone to be able to mm-hmm. have that and be surrounded by that. Um, that family and community surrounding him has been super important in um, allowing right. him to fully become who he, who he is. I, I, uh, I had a, uh, a boss who was gay, who, uh, we interacted great deal. And, and, uh, he told me that there are two coming outs. There's, there's, there's two coming outs. One is to yourself and the other one is to others. You, he said, people struggle with the, what, what is going on? Who am I? What do I, you know, what do I need? What do I like? Why do I like? And um, so tell us a little bit about that. I mean, when did you know first that your son was transgender and did he know before you and did your other son know before you? Well, so there is um, an amazing uh, adolescent gender clinic at Children's Hospital that's run by Dr. Johanna Olson Kennedy. And um, her husband, Aiden Kennedy Olson, I might have their names switched, transposed, but um, he's a therapist and specializes in this area. And he, I've heard him talk several times, and he um, talks about how transgender and gender non-conforming kids generally spend about two years doing what he calls coming in, meaning they Mm -hmm. are figuring themselves out. And Mm. they are doing this nowadays in large measure through the internet. And they know that there's something that they are feeling and experiencing and they can't they don't have a name for it or they can't quite figure out what it is. And they spend the, on average about two years trying to figure that out on their own before they are ever sharing that with anybody else other than maybe a small group of safe friends that they've connected with online that are going through some sort of similar experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, we see our kids a lot of the time as teenagers, they, kind of become isolated and they're on their computers and, you know, we think they're playing video games or we don't know what they're doing. And, and um, for these kids, that is a lifeline because they are finding in a broader community, maybe what they don't see or experience or know is there within their smaller community. And so they're going through that on their own. And um, that's, was most certainly my kid's experience. And so after some period of time, um, he shared that with me and I don't think his brother knew. I don't think anyone knew. And I think that's quite typical for um, many of these kids that come out as transgender, certainly. And I don't know, Linda, I would suspect there's some measure of that as well among other um, you know, identity, uh, lesbian, gay population as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I have, I actually pulled up a, um, I have a factoid here from um, an academic study 
that looked at um, that very question, Joe, and mm-hmm. you mentioned two years, which I think is very legitimate um, per Aiden's account. But this study showed that the average age of self-realization when a child knows, when a person knows that they're transgender is about eight mm-hmm. years old. And the mm-hmm. average age of disclosure is 15 and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, and that, that spans, you know, not just teens, but all entities so to get that average, right? And the right. thing that I want to bring to light is that the period of time between a person's knowingness of their LGBT identity, in this case transgender, and the time that they're able to announce that and declare that to their loved ones or their friends, it can be a really difficult time because that's when they realize, wow, I have a big secret. I have a taboo Mm -hmm. secret. I have something Mm -hmm. monumental that's going to rock my family's world, right? And so Mm -hmm. this can be a very, very stressful time, very fear-laden time. And it's also a time sometimes when bullying occurs because the peer groups somehow, sometimes they sense they sense something's going on, and that's what the case was for my son, who, um, you know, oftentimes young boys, gay boys, will have their first, you know, um, eros and kind of love reaction in elementary school. They'll have a buddy that they just mm-hmm. love, you know, mm-hmm. and they realize mm-hmm. this is kind of no one else is feeling this way. So it just it can sometimes be, you know, two or three or four years before they're finally really sure um right so i i i that's why i i started this 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 subject is so you know uh it's so sound bitey i mean we often encounter the lgbt community uh uh on tv and on radio and in the newspapers with some sound bitey thing that's going on or or uh something good or bad but the bottom line is when people the listeners who are hearing this are thinking about it they're thinking about their son their daughter their friend their coworker uh perhaps uh themselves and it's it's that coming in i love that i haven't heard that before but i'm gonna to have to remember that because it is a there you know all of my gay friends and all of my transgender friends they say it, it it's two monumental times the coming in to yourself that's amazing and that has so many different ramifications but then there's the the wider you know you know mom dad brothers and sisters. Uh, um, uh, so now we've talked about that. Let's talk about mm-hmm. the fact that there isn't or wasn't before the PRISM Institute. There was nowhere for a mental health or medical professional to go to get this kind of, they weren't going to get it in medical school or professional training. There aren't like, you know, you know, chapter six, subsection four, section three on, you know, uh, uh, LGBTQ culture diversity. It's not in the textbook, but it's going to be, right, Linda? Well, you're you're very um, 
flattering. I, I don't believe that Prism Institute is the only entity out there that's that's doing training. But your point is is accurate that there is not, you know, in in the psychology in the in the master's programs and psychological training, this hasn't been a um, uh, category of learning that's been readily available to professionals. Hmm. Um, so people have hmm. had to go to special conferences or workshops and seek it or find a supervisor that was steeped in that experience. It's becoming more available now, definitely. Um, but there's, a, there's some, some laws that are coming into, and there's several, definitely several laws already in the state of California that protect LGBTQ students. But one of the new ones that just passed the state assembly is Assembly Bill 493, the Safe and Supportive Schools Act of 2019, which will require on which will require training every two years for teachers in grades seven through 12 and all certified employees of the schools, and that's expected mm-hmm. to pass the Senate in January. So that will make a big difference in the climate at the schools, which is you know one of the big influential places that children experience themselves and experience, you know, their, um, their peers and, and how they feel about themselves. So creating safer schools um, is going to be a big, uh, important step for this, these populations. Right. Right. Well, um, so now uh, we're coming to the, the current, State of P flag and in Manhattan Beach. Oh, Joe, 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 yep. Joe, Joe. I'm sorry. We, we, this, the time is flying. Um, we need it to is. do a station break really quick. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to uh, LGBTQ Radio uh, here on <laughs> uh, <laughs> on. Uh, Blog Talk Radio, uh, the South Bay Show. Uh, we are committed to um, covering all the best that the South Bay has to offer on Thursdays mornings. It's South Bay Spotlight at 8 a.m. Uh, we join us at 8 a.m. or join us in podcast. Uh, we cover the best of the South Bay uh, across the South Bay uh, cultural, uh, business, government. Uh, and then on Fridays at 8 a.m., we cover uh, the Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, sponsored proudly, sponsored by the Manhattan Beach Chamber. We cover government and business and cultural and AVP and everything that's happening in Manhattan Beach and the General South Bay, but we focus on the Manhattan Beach business community on Fridays, and we're so uh, glad to bring these programs to you. Please join us, share this podcast with everyone you know. Share this podcast with anyone you know, anywhere, um, across town or across the world. It doesn't matter. You can send anyone an email with a link to our show, um, uh, no matter where they live. Please do so. And Jackie, what's next? Well, we were going to uh, actually... uh, I, I'm just going to quickly ask a quick question, and then I'm going to mute my mic because there's some ridiculous noise going on outside my office here. Um, <laughs> PFLAG, what what does PFLAG stand for, Linda? Oh, PFLAG is has been around for 45 years. Uh, it stands originally for 
parents and families of lesbian and gays. And it's a, it was a great acronym at the time, but it's certainly not inclusive enough today to um, embody all of the different identities, sexual and gender identities, that PFLAG now supports. Um, actually, it's the, it's the largest nonprofit um, dedicated to supporting LGBTQ individuals and families. Okay. PFLAG.org is the website. PFLAG. Is the national, yes, that's the national. Uh, national. Which is rich with resources and information, education. Um, yes, a wonderful resource. But there's a, there's a local chapter? P Flag Manhattan Beach is that spelled? Oh yes, it's spelled out. P Flag Manhattan Beach dot o r g. Just spelled out like that. Beautiful. Oh, that right. That beautiful uh, picture, rainbow picture of the of the South Bay. Okay, okay. So now definitions. We've got P Flag parents and families of lesbian and gay. Uh, well, you know, now we add. add uh, BTQ, but tell us. I'm going to give this to Cindy. What does LGBTQ plus stand for? And I and I and I, I, tell, I say it like that because <laughs> there's nothing more there's nothing more delicious and satisfying than to hear Donald Trump say LGBTQ plus <laughs> the way he says it. So, Cindy, take it away. Well, LGBTQ plus is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and then the plus is just all-encompassing, I guess, of the entire spectrum mm. of gender identity and sexual mm. orientation. Mm. And, and um, Q, oh. Q, Q can sometimes also refer to questioning. Um, mm. At one time, it was LGBTQIA, I for intersex, A for asexual. So oftentimes, people will put the plus to just include the the whole mix. Mm-hmm. Well, so P flag uh, now is. Oh. Mm-hmm. No, go on. P flag now is no longer actually an acronym because you know the original letters have expanded so much. So um, we actually support and cater to the entire community. So the entire spectrum of the LGBTQ plus world. At, at some point, we have to just, at some point, we have to get away from the LGBTQ plus or whatever to just the spectrum of human experience, mm-hmm. um, which is wide and deep and ancient. Uh, uh, I don't know if you, either of you uh, have discussed this with your children or encountered this in your travels, but there is an ancient uh, history of the LGBTQ community. I mean, like, when I say ancient, I mean, like, from Roman times, right? I mean, do you, have have you encountered this in your travels? Yeah, you're abs- I love what you're saying, Joe. Keep going. Tell us more. Yeah. It's true. It's it's true. <laughs> it's the one thing that is, you know, the, the historians 
uh, unfortunately didn't write about it. So often, mm. you know, we can talk about erasure, right, the, the cultural erasure mm-hmm. of LGBTQ individuals, which is part of the reason mm-hmm. it's still so difficult to create, you know, the equality. Um, so go on. Tell us what you learned about in your history class. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we no, talk, you know, you know, uh, you, you, you know what you know what it comes yeah. down to, and and, th- and this is across the board for any uh, group of people that you know have been demonized and you know whatever. Um, for since the beginning of time, old white men have ruled the world. <laughs> and no, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Old white men have ruled the world, and 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 that's why. They've always, you know, they've always been in the positions of power. Yes, it, it, it's true, and and that affects every aspect of our lives, and we yes. are we are changing that. It's taken, I don't know, how many years have human beings been on the planet? It's taken us this long to start saying, wait a minute, you know, there are other people in the world that have other way, ways of thinking. Whether it's you know political or social or emotional or whatever, but right. th- that's just a fact of life. And until you change that, all of this other stuff is secondary. You know what I mean? It, it's right. It, and it's interesting now. You back in the day, you couldn't just insert a woman into a position because she didn't have the experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, before women were allowed into universities, you know, so, so, but now, you know, there are more women in college than men. And now you're, you know, someday, you know, our, our politicians, our government bodies are going to be a majority of women, but it's taken us this long to get there. Is this making right. any sense? I'm thinking big mm-hmm. picture stuff, you know, and in the right. world of sexuality, the heterosexual has always been the old white guy. You know, everything was based around that, and that that was the norm, and that was what we were taught in uh, in uh, you know what was it, child growth and development classes? A man and a woman have a child. You know, so right. so you know, heterosexuality was was the old old white guy has been, and now because people are not, I, I imagine most of it was fear. You know uh, that mm. that that kept people down. Is, does, is this making mm-hmm. any sense? Is my ramble making any sense? Well, I you're, think you're, you're talking about repre- you're talking about representation and visibility, and right that you know for women, you know you've got to foot in the door and have to be female role models so that then you know younger girls and women coming up can have someone to model themselves after and can follow in their footsteps and can find mentors right. and it's right. the same thing with the LGBTQ community is that you know there have always been as Joe has pointed out there have always been LGBTQ people out there but you know <clears throat> up until quite recently it was often illegal so you know there was a, a lot of secrecy. And so, you know, when you don't have a visible community, then younger people growing up are, you know, keeping themselves hidden and keeping their mm. identities to themselves. And you don't have that kind of representation and visibility and role models mm. that are important mm. to help a community develop. So, 
yes, it's very similar. It's a, you know, it's an evolution of um, providing that kind of an open openness and community to people to make them feel comfortable in putting themselves out there and leading and being visible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. We want to get to uh, providing uh, pointers to resources for people out there in the listening community. We, uh, uh, my greatest, you know, uh, wish for this show is that people pass it from uh, person to person to person because of the wealth of of detail and sort of uh, you know value that it can provide. So let's start giving people places to go and and phone numbers and websites so that they can either empower themselves or get more information. Uh, let's start early on that. But, but just before that, I just want to uh, give you, uh, Linda and, and Cindy, a, a, uh, a book uh, recommendation. It's called The Great Turning from Empire mm-hmm. to Earth Community. This is a gentleman by the name of David C. Corton, K-O-R-T-E-N. It's available on Amazon, paperback, hardcover, and Kindle. He started life as an anthropologist, and he, he has many degrees and, and all of that. But what he does is he takes us from the beginning of civilization, where before it was the Earth Mother, the first religious artifacts were female. God was a woman. God was a mother. God was the mother of all. And she loved all and her family was wide. But then it became narrower as we became more organized and we became more, you know, Agriculture actually started, and it had to be organized. And then, of course, what happened was somebody said, well, I'm going to control it all. And it was the men (laughs) who said, God is now a man, (laughs) and he's me. (laughs) I'm God. (laughs) So he goes through that whole process from empire to earth community and it's sweeping and encyclopedic and wonderful. And it's my greatest book recommendation, the great turning from earth, from empire to earth community. So now let's get some resources out there. Where do people go? Linda? Well, actually I was, I was going to ask Cindy to describe um, what we do at our PFLAG meetings, because in terms of a rich resource, that's something that I think families would love to know about. Well, yeah, you know, the thing that families face is that, as we talked about earlier, their kids have spent a great deal of time reflecting on themselves, you know, this two years or more of coming in. So by the time they come out to their families, Parents are so far behind in this process, and the kids are just ready to go. And Mm. so parents have a really steep learning curve, and that's true of, you know, parents of, of gay kids. It's especially true of 
of parents of gender nonconforming and transgender kids. Um, mm. So they've got a lot that they have to digest, and you're going through this whole emotional process on the one hand, but then there's the whole learning process of, you know, what does this mean, and what do we do about this, and how do we best support our kid, and how do we deal with the school, and I mean, it's it can be incredibly overwhelming. So um, that's where I found myself when my kid came out searching around the South Bay, who can help me with this and what kind of support is there? And there was very little at that time. And that was only about three years ago. Um, so that's really what prompted us to want to bring a PFLAG chapter to the South Bay. So um, PFLAG, we meet monthly and um, we have a general LGBTQ plus meeting on the first Tuesday of every month, and we meet at the Manhattan Beach Community Church. Um, we've had so much um, interest and need within the community that we've recently added a second meeting, which is specifically for families of uh, gender nonconforming and transgender people, and that meets the third Wednesday of every month at the Beach Cities Health District. Um, so that's, that's a great place for parents to start because they can come to the meeting and they're surrounded by people who have been through this exact same experience and are at different stages in that journey of, you know, where they are in, in processing and being okay with what is happening and they can get information uh, there. Um, so that's, that's, um, you know, of course, as a PFLAG person, that would be my first recommendation for people. But we also have a South Bay LGBT Center, which is um, right near El Camino College. And mm -hmm. they've been around for quite a long time. And we're closely connected with them. And they provide all kinds of additional resources and social activities and, um, you know, support for LGBTQ people themselves. Mm -hmm. So those are two great places to start. Okay. Fantastic. And and in terms of online resources, yes, um the, the P Flag national website, pflag.org, um uh genderspectrum.org is a wonderful rich uh website, information rich website. Um for parents and youth, and they have uh, a variety of different chat groups that you can be part of. So as Cindy was saying, sometimes a child's, you know, first experience of, of recognizing their identity happens online. And so for gender uh, expansive kids, this is a great website to go and, and be part of a community online. That's genderspectrum.org. They also do an annual conference for professionals and families. Uh, GenderOdyssey.org is another uh, great resource that does a conference every year. Um, uh, so, so those are wonderful for, for families of um, gender expansive youth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What else? The Trevor Project um, is, is uh, a, a kind of a lifeline for a lot of youth that are struggling 
um, uh, trevorproject.org. Um, Glisten, G-L-S-E-N.org, is an organization that um, provides educational steering to schools and academic entities. Um, Latino Equality Alliance is one for Latino families that are looking for LGBT support. Um, TransgenderEquality.org. There's, there's thankfully so many more now than there ever were, um, and we and we will be listing some of those on our website as well. Mhm. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Uh, where else would we want to go, Jackie? Any ideas? Any other questions? Well. Well, um, it's interesting. I think I think it was Cindy that mentioned that a lot of um, children are 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 navigating through this. Um, as you, somebody said, almost on average two years before they um, come out to their families, and a lot of it is going is happening online. They're looking stuff up online. And, you know, the whole thing with online and kids still scares me. You know, I mm. mean, there, there's a, – A, there's so much bad information on the Internet. You know, people are like, <laughs> oh, I read it on the Internet. Yeah, if it's on the Internet, you know it's true, right? Um, so, so, so the whole online thing makes me so nervous. There's predators. There's bad information. Um, and and a as lot, A lot as of what the kids said, are watching online are, are videos of other – youth who have um, transitioned or who have faced similar challenges and fears and experiences. Um, so they're like YouTube is a big source and they're watching other, other youth um, explaining their process. So they're learning from each other in many cases. Yeah, no, it's just a, a lot of times, as you said, they're doing this on their own. It just, that always makes me nervous. Like if you have somebody that knows what, you know about it and they can steer them to all of these uh, organizations that you just mentioned where they can go and they can get good information, you know, um, you know, in addition to all of the bullying that goes on, the cyber bullying that goes on online. And it just it, it, it scares me to no end to think that these kids are going through this um, on their own. And, and having to navigate that before anybody else has an opportunity to steer them in the right direction, you know, just because, as I said, there's just so much awful stuff that goes on on the Internet. But, but it, it, you know, it, and kids, we know, you know, you know, their their brains aren't fully, you know, developed until they're in their, their early to mid-20s, you know. And so, you know, they may go looking for information and, and, and inadvertently, you know, come across stuff that, is not helping them, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, any kid, any kid that's happening to any kid, not just a, a, the a gender uh, identity community. It's a, every, every, every kid is going through this. And, um, it, you know, as I said, that's a, that's a whole other Pandora's box of, of, you know, what could happen. You know, it always makes me nervous, you know. I, you know, kids kids are at a computer, or a tablet, or a computer. I don't, you know, I don't know how young these days. Um, but but yeah, no, that's it's good to know that there are a lot of, you know, good organizations out there online that that they can find stuff. Well, Jackie, I and, think and, that's for, I think that's true. I think there's always there's always going to be some internal struggle and. 
search that's going on for all of our kids, really. They're all trying to figure out who they are. But I think the more that we as adults and as community leaders can work to create an environment and a community that allows kids to be more open about what they're search and their struggle is, the more, you know, the less they have to be hidden away and doing that on their own. And so the more our school environments create a safe space for these kids, the more they know that there are adults out there that are accepting of them, whoever they are, the less shameful they have to feel and the less hidden and secretive they have to feel. So I think that that's part of our goal is to, you know, help this come out of, you know, the hidden away, like, internet search in the bedroom. And more, Mm -hmm. this is a community um, conversation that kids can feel safer having. And so that's part of our long-term goal is create a a culture and environment that makes kids feel like whoever they are figuring out that they are, it's okay. And it's wonderful. Unsafe. Yes. Safe. That's the important, mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. important part. Safe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Safe. Wow. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. So as we mentioned earlier, um, right here in the South Bay, we have our own chapter, PFLAG, org. PFLAG, manhattanbeach.org. It's a great place to start. Um, Chances are you'll know somebody there, right? Well, sometimes people do. Sometimes (laughs) people do. It's also, you know, we also um, have a real, um, you know, strong message of confidentiality when we do the meetings, Um, the intimate conversations that the parents have with each other um, are all kept confidential. There's, you know, so, we do create a safe space for people that are coming who, you know, the parents right. often sometimes feel that same sense of shame or fear um, right. that, that they now have a secret themselves um, that they're carrying right. with their child. But that's what we need to change. The secret. The Absolutely. Shame that's, what, that's what needs to change. That's Absolutely. the, you know, the need that's, for secrets. Yeah. Well, even the fact that the city council here in Manhattan Beach flew a pride flag in the month of June for Pride Month, um, and the incoming mayor, Nancy Hersman, you know, made a proclamation that the city of Manhattan Beach recognized Pride Month in June. These are the things right. that we're trying to do as a PFLAG organization here is to create a culture that recognizes diversity and celebrates diversity. And over time, if our kids can see that the culture, that the community is doing that, then, you know, the the gay kids will feel just as comfortable holding hands on the strand as any other couple would. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I've always been of the mind, how boring would life be if everybody was the same? It's the diversity (laughs) that keeps it interesting, right? You go, girl. I love that. Absolutely. Amen. 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 All right. Well, yes. Joe, the hour flew by again. Yep. You got to we got to wrap this yep. up. We got to wrap this up. Linda Reeves, Cindy Byrne, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for thank- having us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. pflagmanhattanbeach.org. It's so simple. And uh again that that book, The Great Turning 
From Empire to Earth Community, my highest recommendation for that book. If you want to find out how we got from Earth Mother to Pharaoh. is the biggest. I'm excited Earth to read Mother. that show. Thanks for mentioning it. Yes, uh, it's, it's amazing. And then, of course, Kelly, Jackie, thank you. Always a pleasure, Joe. Have a great weekend. I'm, I'm still here. Thanks, thank <laughs> you, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. you got all Have right. a great weekend. Still here. And we're coming back next week. See you all. Bye bye. We're always here. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>